Today, I want to encourage you to read the book of Revelation. In fact, in our time together, I would like to give you a framework so you can begin to read this incredible book. It is probably the book that has influenced me most in terms of my study of the Word of God and its impact on my life. When I think of impact, my mind goes back to when I was a youth pastor and I taught a number of high school students, seniors in high school, the book of Revelation. Then years later, I would talk with them, did some of their weddings, and they would reference our time together studying this amazing book. Do you know what this book is all about? Now, I know a number of people would say, well, I don't think you can really understand it, can you? Well, the answer to that is, I'm sorry, you can understand it. Is there disagreement on how we approach this book? Absolutely. But when you dig in, when you really study this, I think you'll arrive at uh, some important conclusions about the nature of this book. The last book of the Bible in terms of how our Bible is organized. It's the last book that was written in the Bible by the Apostle John. Let me begin, though, by simply reading the first eight verses. The book reads this way. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things which must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. There's an awful lot here. But I simply want to give you a framework to study this book. I have seen this book, as I said, change the lives of those who do exactly what it says in verse 3. Those who hear and keep what is written in it. Let's begin with the title of the book. It's the Revelation. Apocalypsis is the Greek word. It means an unveiling. There are a lot of symbols, but yet it's still a revelation. It's still an unveiling. The symbols can be understood when we tie those symbols to other passages of Scripture. Now, one of the things to note is that the church during the Reformation did not embrace this book. In fact, John Calvin wrote an entire commentary on the New Testament and simply skipped the book of Revelation. Martin Luther actually rejected the revelation of Jesus Christ. And here it is, when you look at this book, the Revelation, the Apocalypsis, which where we get the word, the Apocalypse. And by the way, are you hearing that term being used by those that really don't have a clue what's in the book, except that they know it talks about incredible death, destruction, and devastation? They call it the Apocalypse. It's apocalyptic. It's biblical. Well, this is the climax of redemption. 
Now keep in mind when John wrote this, this was one vision given to him at a moment in time. I said John, so I've gone to another important aspect of this as you begin to read. Who is the author of this book? Well, we find that in chapter 1 and verse 1. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some Bibles, by the way, will have a heading before this book. This calls it the revelation of John. It's not the revelation of John. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that was ultimately given to John. And so John is the human author, but it went from the Father to the Son, Jesus, to an angel, and then to John. And then John penned this book. Now, where was John when this book was written? Well, the book tells us. If we go down to verse 9, we see that John has been exiled to an island. John wrote this, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and kingdom and patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. John the Apostle, the author of the Gospel of John, the author of three epistles, and of course this book, the book of Revelation. He is the human author that eventually would send this book to the seven churches in Asia Minor. But notice that John's been exiled. And it's a small island in the Aegean Sea. And why was he exiled? On account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. By the way, we are living in a day in which there are more and more people that would like to exile all believers to an island somewhere. They'd like to get rid of us, right? There are a few important lessons we ought to keep in mind as we realize that John was the beloved apostle, the one who at the Last Supper was leaning against Jesus, the one who was called the Beloved, the one who was commissioned by Jesus Christ to take care of his mother. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked at his mother Mary and said, Behold your son. He looked at John and said, Behold your mother. There was a special intimate relationship there. And when we see that Jesus allows the one he loves so much to be exiled to the island of Patmos, he still has something for him to do. Whatever circumstances we are having to possibly endure at this moment, Jesus Christ can use it for his plans, for his purposes. And ultimately, as we respond the way that we should trust in him, it'll be for his glory. So John is writing to the seven churches because it says in verse 4, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So we know to whom it was written, but when was it written? The date is vitally important in the day in which we live. The reason the date is important is because there are those who would like to date this in the 60s, only 30 or so years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those who hold to this position are preterists. They believe that most of the book of Revelation, if not all of the book of Revelation, really has already played out before 70 A.D. The evidence, though, would not support that. The evidence indicates that from the earliest years, the church fathers, this book was dated at around 95 A.D., toward the end of the reign of Domitian. And as you begin to read the book, make sure to understand how it is organized. And that organization literally comes from the Lord himself. Because we read in verse 19 of chapter 1, Write therefore the things that you have seen, 
So the message has come to John, write therefore the things you have seen, those that are, and those that are to take place after this. You see the three parts to this. John is told to write what he has seen, this vision that occurs in chapter 1. Chapter 1 begins the first of three segments described in this verse, the things John has seen. By the way, make sure to take some time to marvel at the majesty of the glorious appearance of Jesus Christ. John, who was so close to the Lord now, is absolutely overwhelmed by his presence. That's the thing that John had seen. That's part one. And then John is told to note those things which are, and that would be chapters two and three. That's the letters to the seven churches of Revelation. And when we go there, we see that these rather small bodies of believers are struggling, and that Jesus is saying that he's there. He's a witness to all that is going on. Chapter 1, what John is seeing at the moment. Chapter 2, the things which are, those seven letters. And then chapters 4 through 22, the end of the book, are about things yet future. Now, as you begin reading this book and studying this book, I want to suggest to you a prevailing message throughout the book. The message is, Jesus Christ defeats evil as he honors and fulfills the promises made to Israel. Let me repeat that. This book is all about victory, the victory of the cross, the completion of the redemptive act of the cross. Jesus Christ is going to return and redeem the earth and reign for a thousand years. And then we can look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. It is important to note that the book of Revelation has everything to do with God fulfilling his promises to the nation of Israel. And that's why the modern-day nation of Israel, the miraculous existence of Israel, points to the soon return of Jesus Christ. We should be reminded of the words of the prophet Jeremiah. In chapter 31 and verse 34, he writes, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, Israel's, and I will remember their sin no more. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day, and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light at night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And then Jeremiah continues, If this fixed order departs, in other words, the sun giving light by day and the moon and the stars by night, if this fixed order departs from me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, the only way Israel is destroyed is you stop the sun from giving light by day and the moon and the stars that give light by night. It is not going to happen. God made promises to Israel. He will fulfill those promises, and Jesus Christ will return, and he will rule on the earth for a thousand years as the king of kings and the king of Israel. Now, let me suggest to you the purpose of this book, and it's a book designed to give us hope and comfort, to let us know there are incredibly difficult times ahead for this world. But we have hope. And the Word of God comforts us because we know that God really still is in control. 
and then it also is a challenge to all of us and especially to churches to live out the faith once for all delivered to the saints now the book of revelation is unique in many ways it's unique in that it calls upon old testament passages like no other book in the new testament to understand the book of revelation you've got to dig into the old testament this book is unique in that it has a great deal of symbolism, but those symbols can be understood when we tie those symbols to other passages of Scripture. But this book is also unique because it makes a promise that no other book in the Bible makes, and that is, this book promises a special blessing. We see it in verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Of course, in that day, they didn't hand out copies. They couldn't read the passage on their cell phone. So blessed was the one who would proclaim it to a group of people, reading the words of this prophecy out loud. And blessed are those who hear, those who are listening, who take it in, and those who keep what is written in it for the time is near.